Testing, test, test, testing, testing. Okay, I've changed all the settings. Yeah, this looks good on my end. How about you? Coming through loud and clear. Okay. Here we go, here we go. Andy Bush and Louise Maloney here. Welcome to, uh, I'm not going to call it our brand new podcast anymore because we're established. This is the A to Z of everything. It's good that you are here. Thank you so much for uh, choosing us and subscribing. You've, you've clearly got in, in impeccable taste. Uh, what we're trying to do in this podcast series is um, categorise and record everything in life by organising it in alphabetical order. It's a, t- it's a tall order, but we are guided by the Bag of Destiny, a felt bag from one of my board games with loads of stones from the beach in it with letters written on. And we'll draw a different letter each week. So it's a kind of a, a chaotic path through the alphabet rather than going in sequence. We have kind of fallen out this week, though, Louise, uh, over the Irish tin whistle. I've just seen your tweet about my comment that the Irish tin whistle was and is the world's worst musical instrument. You love them, do you? It's not that I love them. I just think you were really taking a pop at the Irish there because why didn't you say the recorder? The recorder's way well, worse than the tin whistle. No, it's not. Tin whistle is a million times worse. Just when you think why? it couldn't get any worse than the recorder. Because the noise of the damn thing. But surely you can equate that to the recorder's noise. No, the recorder has got like a slightly lower attack on it. Whereas the tin whistle, for some reason, Katie's still got a tin whistle in this house from when she was mm, a kid. Love so that. quite regularly, our girls will pick them up and walk around and, and mm. play just on this awful a noise that must like distract dogs within mm. about a hundred miles from this house. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I love the way that Irish tin whistles have got like keys. So you've got like a C one or a D one or an E one. Like that makes any difference. Do you know what I mean? You're so right. I'd actually completely forgotten that that was the case. But I think there's one common one. I don't know which one it is, but I think there's one that sort of every Irish household has. It's sort of a rite of passage that you learn the tin whistle as a kid. And I remember going to my very first tin whistle class and I was definitely under five. So maybe three and a half or four years old. We lived in the country at the time. And within the first half an hour, I'd put the tin whistle through the roof of my mouth and had to be brought Oh my God, it's horrible. And not to be brought out. I d- look, they're not, it's not the most melodic of instruments. I just no. didn't like how you went in on, you know, the Irish thing so hard. That's all, that's all. Oh, it was, it was an Irish thing. Was it yeah. an Irish thing yeah, this yeah. was about? It yeah. wasn't an Irish thing for me. It was just, it was just a deep, deep-rooted dislike of, because, you know, like, a lot of people think if you go abroad, they think that us Brits love bagpipes, but we all, we all hate bagpipes. I think the, if you're a Scottish listener to this podcast, you probably hate bag, bag, bagpipes as well, even if even if you can't say them, like me. Yeah, I mean, there's something about that. Is it true that the Queen used to wake up to bagpipes every morning played in her back garden? Wouldn't that be awful? What a terrible way to start the day. I think I'd be angry all day long. I agree. And also, she can have anything to wake her up. She could have, like, you know, canaries waking her up or whatever. Yeah. And she chose to have bagpipes. It's just an insane choice to make, isn't it? I wonder if they've taken that on, like Charlie now has taken over. Is he, oh, is yeah, he... good point kept the, the bagpiper, the, the castle bagpiper. If you have any intel on this, do get in touch with the podcast. Uh, Louise, how have you been, Tim Whistles aside? Yeah, really good, thanks. I actually had um, an unusual bank holiday Monday in that I listened to you all bloody day. So Sorry about that. You were doing a 10-hour show, so I, I, I stuck it on in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple of questions, if that's okay. Of course, fire away. Okay, so the first question is, um, I heard you talk about sandwiches a lot, homemade sandwiches. Yep. Um, and I know that you ate them all in the first hour of the show. Understandable, I get it. It's weird, I, and I do I do, do this quite a lot. I don't know if anyone else has done the thing where they, they, they get organised and make themselves sandwiches for yeah. like the next day. I've done that before and eaten them in the evening 
with a cup of tea before I'm supposed to go to work. Oh, the so same evening I, you made them. I can't resist them just being in the <laughs> fridge. Like, if I've made them, I've got to eat them. Why wait? And I'd eaten these ones for the all-day indie disco, 10 hours. Mm. I'd eaten them within an hour and a half of being in the building. And I'd had breakfast. What's going on? I know, I heard. But what I'm dying to know is, what sandwich filling did you choose for the all-day indie disco? Well, this is it. I, I made them myself. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really basic in what I do in terms of, like, I'm left to my own devices. Imagine if I was left at home, mm. Katie and the girls moved out for two months, by the time they came back, I'd be like loincloth, everything be ripped, broken on the floor. I'd just be kind of like crawling around, like Stig of the Dump, if you remember that, in the olden days. So I just cut, roughly cut um, cheese off the block. Right, so not even an even um, slices, you're just chipping it no, off the block, right? Not even grating it, just chopped it roughly off the block on the on the work surface, no, no chopping board, because it's just how I roll. And then I, I found some, uh, what I think was chutney, and stuffed it on there as well. It was weird, because I was going to say uh, plowman's. I bet you made plowman's. Isn't plowman's? That's, but that's the same, isn't plowman's like cheese and chutney? Well, who's got time for a plowman's? I mean, a plowman's for me, uh, Louise, yeah. is, is a plate in, in a rural pub which has got a, a, a pickled onion on it. Oh, wow, okay. Maybe a hard-boiled egg. I should know about the hard-boiled egg. Uh, but it's definitely got che- loads of different cheeses and all that. God, I haven't had a ploughman's for ages. When was the last time you had a ploughman's? I think you're thinking about a cheese plate, Bush. A ploughman's no, sandwich, as far as I know, is like cheese... Oh, God, we're, we're grossly misinformed on this podcast. <laughs> Um, I think it's like cheese and chutney. I knew you were going to say cheese and I knew you were going to say chutney and now I'm pissed off I didn't say it before. All sandwiches have to have cheese in them, okay? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. imagine a sandwich without cheese. But but I, I must take you to task, Louise. I simply must on, okay. on Plowman's. A Plowman's is a um, is a, a slowly eaten plate of overpriced food with a range of cheeses that you get in a country pub. Right, do we do the Google now or do we just leave it up in the air? Let's leave it up in the air. Let's let the audience decide this. And they can get in touch with us at Bush on the Radio if you want to tweet me directly and I will feed this back to Louise. Hashtag Plowman's. Please do. I need, we, need, we need to know. We need to know. Now, my second question is, Bush, and we will get on with Q now in a second. We'll get on with this in a minute. Uh, my second question is, what compromising material has Cadbury's found on your computer that you are pushing Whisper Goals so much? Because if I hear you talk, tweet, or uh-huh. mention Whisper Goals again, I think I'm going to just throw myself off the balcony. You know, you're not the only person that has accused me of, of taking backhanders, or worse, from yeah. uh, the Cadbury's Foundation in terms of pushing Whisper Gold. And that hurts, because as you know, I, I'm not just, a, I'm not just a, a friend or a podcaster. I'm a broadcaster, in many ways, a journalist. With integrity. Right. And um, for people to go around saying that I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't had any free stuff from Cadbury yet, which is a little bit disappointing because I have been talking about it for quite a while now, but I hadn't had a Whisper Gold up until that point. And if I'm honest with you, I discounted Whisper because it was like, for me, old chocolate. You know, like mm-hmm. the olden days, chocolate's not really moved on anywhere. A little bit. If, you, if you've got £1.50 and you're going into a newsagent, I'm not wasting it on a Whisper, put it that way. I'd go for like a boost or a double-decker. Get more bang for your buck. However, by chance, I bought a Whisper Gold when I was in a 24-hour garage the other night, and it literally blew my mind. Have you had a Whisper Gold? I want to go back on about them again, but have you had one? I love Whisper Golds, and I love Whispers, just the regular Whisper. And Uh what I do is I take one home, and I... (laughs) <laughs> I take, take it, home. it home and I have it with a cup of tea and I dip it in the tea and it's life changing see I'd say that was too risky because it caram- there's a lot of caramel in there do you know what I mean not going to lie to you but a bit sloppy totally worth the effort <laughs> that's, that's, that's almost slightly arousing that <laughs> um, 
But I love them. I absolutely love them. And I, I, I didn't realise they'd been around for so long. I thought it was like, you know, sometimes they'll bring out like a limited edition thing. But they've yeah. been around for ages, Whisper Golds, yeah? Yeah, but also didn't Whisper disappear for a while? And then there was this whole sort of thing to bring them back. There was like an online campaign to bring them back. Really? And then they did come back. And I... I don't know, I think you're underestimating the Whisper. I know what you mean about a double-decker, but have you not noticed how small double-deckers are now in length ways? That looks, the, the finger-sized <laughs> thing you just did on screen looks about nine inches to me. <laughs> but double-deckers are small now, Bush. We're not, you know, they used to be really big and like a really chunky bar. I don't think they are anymore. Um, well, I've got, so many people have got in touch who not only love Whisper Golds, but they've also tried them based on me going on about them for ages. Yeah, I know. I feel like maybe we have to have one episode of this is just a Whisper Gold party. I'm up for it, dude. Get loads of people on, just we just eat them whilst we're talking about yeah. Whisper-related stuff. Watch this space, we'll come back to it. There's one other thing we need to talk about before we get into the, oh God, the meat okay. of this week's episode, aka uh, Things Beginning With Q. And that is a message from Sean, who's a podcast listener. Thank you, Sean. He says, guys, I keep getting adverts for Barry's Tea on Amazon pushed to me based on listening to your podcast. And that is your fault, Louise. I know. I'm not sorry. I am not sorry at all. If I can get the message of Barry's Tea out there to our listeners and actively get them to buy it, my job here is done, to be honest. Well, I think your your uh, your Barry's Tea is my whisper gold. And uh, neither of us are getting any freebies at the moment, are we? Getting out. And you know what? Bring those two together, Bush. Match made oh, in heaven. What about that? Hey, I tell you, that is interesting, though. And it is a thing that your your, your devices listen to you. Mm. And you will have had this before where you're talking about stuff with some friends and next thing you know, you start getting pushed adverts. So if what Sean's saying is correct and our mentioning of Barry's tea has got him adverts pushed, can we can we think of something to just very quickly talk about now and mention and see whether our listeners get it in their inbox of stuff that's pushed to them? What do you want to say? What, do you, what, what brand are we picking? What product? Stockings. What about stockings? Lady stockings? Lady stockings, okay. tights. Okay. Right, let's oh, just tights. talk about it because the more we talk about it, the more okay. it will filter through to however they ever they listen. Um, what Denya tights do you normally like to wear, Louise? I'm sorry. I am bowled over that you even know what that word means, Bush. That you know that that word exists. I'm absolutely shocked. I'm a modern guy. I know me Denyas. What, what kind of Denya do you go for? I like a thick de. Is it how do we say how do I say denier or denny? What is it? What are you saying? Go on. Denier, but I'm I'm, I'm saying it wrong. I'm a newbie. Right. I'm a newbie. No, 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 no. You I sure? do think you're right. Um, okay. I like a very thick uh, tight to wear in the winter with like a nice pair of shorts or a nice little skirt, and it's like you're wearing leggings or trousers, but you wear. And do you know what? M and S do a brilliant pair of thick black tights with fleece on the inside. Whoa. I know. So when you put them on in winter, it's just the coziest thing in the world. So very thick de. I can't say it. I don't know why. It, it, the, the word is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with a fleece lining, pair of Doc Martens and a pair of shorts in the winter, great outfit. You see, and I think I've said this to you before. You know, ladies' tights, quite attractive. It's an attractive, alluring thing, right? Bob, problem is never ever look at women from the knee up if they're wearing tights, though, because it looked like the top, of, like a midsection of a minotaur. It does, and never watch them putting them on. Oh yeah, the wriggle that you guys the do. The wriggle and the angles and the positions, not good. <laughs> Not good at all. It's like the bottom half of a duck. Uh, so look, there you go. We, we just talked about uh, stockings. Please report back if you happen to get adverts for stockings for whatever reason. Uh, you can get in touch again on Twitter at Bush on the Radio. Right, should we get into this uh, this week's episode, uh, Louise? Things beginning with Q. Let's do it. Here we go then, Louise. Hit me with the first thing beginning with Q that you think needs to be on our definitive list. Well, something that came to my mind very quickly was something that was brought up a lot in my childhood as something we should be scared of. A bit like drugs, like I said in the first episode. Right. Something that was mentioned a lot. Be careful of it. It's very scary. I actually think it appeared in quite a famous film back in the day. 
And it's something that I thought I would encounter quite a lot and I haven't encountered at all. Okay. And that is um, quicksand. <laughs> There's a lot of fear of quicksand. A lot of, um, like Batman. There's a lot, I remember watching a lot of Batman programmes and he was always in quicksand, yeah. wasn't he? Now, what's the film where the horse drowned in quicksand? Or was that a that's, swamp? That sounds terrible. What's that? It's quite <laughs> traumatic. I can't remember was it Watership it. Down or something like that? I've never heard something of Something uh... like that. Listeners, we're going to need your help with that one. I'm so sorry. Also, I just want to caveat this episode by saying I haven't slept that much last night. So there's going to be a lot of like blank spaces where so, my brain should be filling stuff in and I can't. Question so far then is, uh, have you? will you get uh, adverts for stockings pushed to you on your phone? Mm. And what was the film where the horse drowned in the quicksand? Yeah, there was another question as well, but I can't think of it now. Yeah, there was what one was from earlier on, but it's gone. Gone. Anyway, anyway, quicksand, something that I, like, a bit like the Bermuda Triangle. In the yes. early 90s and 80s, we heard so much about the Bermuda Triangle. We heard so much about quicksand. They were very real fears. Nothing happened in 2023 with either of those things. I think I'd happily fly over the Bermuda Triangle now. Well, I think I think the Bermuda Triangle seems to have lost its power. I mean, when was the last mm. time you heard of anyone having difficulties in the Bermuda Triangle? It's not even a thing anymore. 100%. So I think it was a lot of fear-mongering back in the day, especially about things like quicksand. Look, if, you, if I said to you now, Bush, we need to leave this podcast and go and find some quicksand immediately... Where would we go? I don't know. Don't even know where it lives. Where is quicksand? I mean, like, the closest you can get to it is, obviously, we live in Leon Sea, uh, mm-hmm. in Essex, which is on the estuary, on the yep. way into London of the Thames. And it can get very muddy there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might get your, your your Wellington boots sucked off in a bog. And there's now worse than being sucked off in a bog. <laughs> Another cue that I would like to put forward, is, and this is one of my favourite food types ever, and that's quiche. God bless quiche. <sighs> no? Mix, mixed feelings. Why? <laughs> What quiche are you talking about here? Which fillings does it have? Well, the original one that was invented by Lorraine, the lady yeah. who, who invented her. quiche. Love her. Uh, absolutely love Lorraine's work. And that's quiche Lorraine. But I mean, I'll, I'll take it. My mum has made quiches for us right the way through since we were kids. And if she ever comes to the house or we go and visit her or whatever, there'll always be a quiche with like a, a tea towel put over the top of it. <laughs> Um, and they just taste great and I love them I love them cold I love them hot I love them with a salad not I have cold. an evening in the midweek Bush not cold that's cold egg you're eating that was good so is quiche basically an egg cake <laughs> ruin quiche in one phrase with Louise Maloney yes that is I guess if you put it like that it is egg, egg cake and come here is quiche Lorraine ham and cheese I think it is yeah you are basic with your fillings aren't you I'm really basic really yeah. really basic yeah. So what was the last, last quiche you had then, Louise? Are you a regular quiche eater? Not at all. It, if I saw it on a menu, it's not the thing I'd get. Having said that, like, it's probably... It, no, you're mad with the cold thing. I'm going to stop that right there because, like, eating cold eggs is not the one. <laughs> really not the one. Um, but if it was, like, you know, a spring day and you didn't want something too heavy and you had a nice bit of egg cake with yes. some nice salad, yeah, it could be done, but, I'm, you know, I'm not flying the flag for quiche today. Well, like I said earlier on, down by the estuary here in Essex, near uh, where the quicksand is, little picnic blanket. We could have egg cake, cold egg cake with crisps. Watch the tide come in and out. That's so depressing, Bush. Isn't it awful? <laughs> near like Romford and like the Tilbury, to- Tilbury Docks and other oh, Dockland places like that. Anyway, it's going on the list, whether you like it or not. Uh, Q is for quiche. And I'm going to stick to food now, Bush, right? And Go I'm going to say the quarter pounder. Oh, my God, I love it. So good. It's so good, Bush. So good. It's so good. So what? So I'm talking specifically for McDonald's. What is your McDonald's order? My McDonald's order is two cheeseburgers, one right. large chips, and a Coke. That's not very much. Well, what do you have? I get a quarter pounder, large fries, 
six chicken nuggets, small <gasps> fries, <laughs> um, some sauces, and a McFlurry. How, how long have you been on crystal meth for then? Just recently? It does make you very hungry, doesn't it? <laughs> Whoa, that is a hell of a... I thought she's going to stop. She's going to go to the drink bit after large fries because quarter pounder on its own is pretty full on. Then you start listing nuggets. Every, look, you have to have a side of nuggies. That's just the McDonald's rule. Like, So Tom, wow. Tom will get his order, I'll get mine order, and then we'll get like a, a share box of nuggies for the middle of us. Don't call them nuggies on this show, please. Nuggies! So oh, we is that get, what you call them? You call them nuggies? I call them nuggies! Yeah, because I get so excited. So basically, what I love about this is, A, do you, see how, <laughs> do you see how quickly you were able to give your McDonald's order? Everybody has a McDonald's order that they stick to and they've had... For years. What I, what I find interesting is this, though, is that you, if you don't mind me saying so, that's, are you ashamed of your order? Are you ashamed of that that you have? Does it sound like I'm ashamed? No, it doesn't, actually, no. to be fair. Bold as brass about it. But you get your McDonald's delivered, don't you? You're, that's, you're we, that kind of person. We get McDonald's delivered. It's Throw Tom under the bus, huh, at the same Amazing. time? Amazing. No, but we do, like, so, like, if I have any sort of minor inconvenience in my day, I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to have to go to McDonald's now. <laughs> I need a McDonald's and to go straight to bed. And I'm so happy in those evenings. So your, your delivery driver must think he's delivering to a party based on the amount of food, or a family of six based on the amount of food. Do you years ago, me and you went out in the piss, and I think Mel was there as well. Maybe it was after an awards or something. And I went home, and on the bus, I ordered McDonald's to be delivered to my flat. And when wow. he arrived, he, the bag is like, you know, a proper family size bag. I sent yes, a picture. I, I sent a picture to you yes. at the time. And it's just my ultimate, I know this is not a good thing to say, This is it's my ultimate comfort food and it makes me so happy and I, I would just, it might be my, you know, um, death row meal. So what, you're, you're on death row, you're getting, uh, maybe you put a tin whistle through someone's eye in a pub yeah. fight, going back to earlier on, and then uh, you're, getting, you're about to get electrocuted or whatever they're going to do with you the next day and your final meal would be quarter pounder, large fries, chicken nuggets, drink and i just have a, bi- a big mac as well just because i do like a few bites of them as well okay great and that would of course be delivered because they wouldn't let you go for a drive through because you could probably escape but can i just say sorry i'm gonna stop now but like eating mcdonald's in the comfort of your own home when it's delivered quickly and it's hot and fresh there is no better thing in the whole world yeah but this is my point this is my problem i don't trust any delivery if we get a, if we get a takeaway mm. uh, in leon c at all a i'll never get mcdonald's delivered because i i don't like it being cold a B, any other takeaway, Chinese, Indian, whatever, I'll always go and collect it because I don't want to be the, the takeaway that's in that fella's boot and the final drop of the six that he's doing. Do you know what I mean? I'm suspicious. Really? Well, you see, the thing is, when you live in the middle of London, you have these incredible delivery cyclists that are just like zipping all over the city all the time. So they're just coming straight from McDonald's to your house. It's not that, it really, it isn't taking that long, Bush. It's still hot and they're fresh <sighs> and boy, am I happy. Uh, at Bush on the radio, come on whilst we're at it then. If you know your McDonald's order straight off the top of your head, Tell us about it, and we'll give you a mention on next week's episode. Can I stay with food again, actually? Because uh, oh, a gosh, um, yeah. a fella called Hertz has suggested quavers, crisps. Now, I don't know if they're still a thing. I remember them from school. Are quavers still a thing? I've never had one. Well, they're, they're like curled cheese-flavoured crisps. And embarrassingly, I, I've maybe admitted this in the 80s, the 90s podcast that we uh, did... We used to do a thing called a quaver at school, which is where you'd go up to someone who was facing away from you and then like curve your hand like a hook and hook under their bottom. But like go like that. We call that a quaver. This isn't the first time you've told me this story, but it's no less shocking hearing it a second time. Like, it's so homoerotic. Were you in a boys' school, a boys' only school? I, I went to an all-boys sixth form. Yeah, so we did a lot of quavering. And so you're feeling, is, are you feeling their arse or the bit between their arse and balls? If you make um, 
that you pass. Yeah, it's like making a hook. If you make a hook with your hands, and what mm-hmm. you do is you, you go up to someone and then start probably at touch point of their bass and then go whoosh, straight up their kind of crack, but on the outside of their clothes, so it's fine, and then that's a quaver. So there's a movement. Oh, yeah, it's a movement. You kind of whip it, whip it up. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to draw this and tweet it when this uh, when when this episode is released, just to clarify my position on a quaver. Which it's so worrying that like that was happening back in the day. So you're you're touching someone's bars and then yep. you're running your fingers from their bars up to the top of their crack, all through their crack. Yes, I want to hasten to add that it was only boy on boy action. Wouldn't do this to any yep. girls, obviously, because no. it'd knock us out uh, yep. and didn't know any. Um, and um, yeah, it's just a boy and boy thing stopped at the end of sick form. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's to fine. That. You, don't, you don't have to say anything really, no. apart from just deal with the trauma that I've still got about yeah. it. But whenever I see him, whenever I see quavers or someone talks about quavers, I just think of basses and that movement. We'll leave it there. Cue is for quaver. <laughs> Moving on, um, this is going to maybe divide the crowd a bit. Um, and it's something that I love and maybe other people don't love. Right. Um, and the reason I, I love it is because it avoids chaos. I don't really like chaos. And this avoids chaos and just makes things a bit orderly. And that is queuing. So sorry, you don't like queuing or you like queuing? I love queuing. I think it avoids chaos. It avoids fights. It avoids misunderstandings. And, I, and I'm not English. I'm Irish and I still bloody love a queue. So what, would you be one of those people that, and I've seen it before, where people queue like in pubs, in a line in a pub? Nothing makes me more annoyed than people who think it's all right to queue in a line at a pub for a beer. What do you mean? How else are you going to queue? Maybe you get in like a big big mob when, you, when you're getting drinks in a, in a bar. There's no line. The only place that I've seen where people do it is the Arnold Feeney um, Art Bar in Bristol. And people queue in like a line. And there's, you get them sometimes in pubs where people just, for some reason, get their heads together and, and come up with this kind of strange orderly queue and it, it winds me yeah. right up. Um, but what you're talking about there, this sort of clump of people together trying to get a pint, there's still an element of queuing in that. Like you're still not going to get ahead of someone who was in that mound before you, right? Right. Well, it, it, you would think so, but lots of people are very uh, not very polite and will try and get in there ahead of you. Really? Yes. But, I mean, obviously I do have incredible presence, so people let me in first. But do you know what I mean? Of course. I'm more thinking, like, of a bank or a post office and, like, how chaotic that would be if everyone just, like, ran to the till. That's a good point. That's a good point. And how stressed I would be if I thought, oh, my God, I have to go to the post office, but there's going to be no queue and it's just going to be a complete bum fight when I get in there and I'm going to just have to use my elbows and knees to just, just get the hell... Just people just Anarchy. hanging around. But I mean, I'll tell you what is interesting. You must absolutely love a good immigration zigzag queue when you've arrived at a new country. Yeah, and I don't like when people go under the tape to try and yeah. sort of skip some of the queue. I don't like it. Just go around. Like, it's not going to take you that much longer. Isn't it weird, though? Because you could just walk forwards three paces and you would you would save yourself an hour and a half. But it, it obviously, it doesn't work like that. There's roped off areas for a reason, there Louise. Is. There is. There is. And also, do you know, I'm sure you do, do you know that you guys, the English and the British, are famous for queuing? Well, apparently we are, but um, yeah. I, I don't know any uh, fellow Brits who, who have a great time in a queue. Do you know what I mean? I think we like order. We like to know where we stand. But you all obey queues over here. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. I mean, I mean, weirdly enough, there was a woman who was in the paper two days ago who was being really annoying by holding a whole queue up because she refused to I move forwards it. in a zigzag. And, and mm. her point is, well... I'm not going to get there any quicker 
because it's still mm. the zigzag queue, so I might as well just stay here. It's the same as people who, who, who won't move their cars forward when you're in a big line of traffic. They're technically in the right. You're not getting in there any quicker, but I guess it's the principle, isn't it? It's the rules of the queue. It really is. The only time the queue absolutely does not apply in London is getting on the tube. No one gives a shit where the queue started, where the queue finished. It's just like, get on, get on, get on. Isn't it, though? No one cares about a queue in a in a tube. Do you remember they used to have a painted section where you're not supposed to stand to let people off first? Do you remember the, remember the olden days where people used to let you off the tube before they got on? Those days, that was just out the window within seconds. And a lot of people were complaining that it um, ruined the pro-commuter's ability to know intrinsically where the doors are when a train pulls up. Because that's, that's pro-commuting. You stand where you know the doors are going to be. But those boxes ru- ruined that, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Isn't it awful, though, when you're getting off the tube and people just mill on and you can't get off? You're like, like this is not helping either I of it. us. I need to get off to give you room to get on. This makes no sense. I want get a stick. I want, I want like a cane. You know, like yeah. um, Idi Amin or whatever, like an old kind of African dictator would have had military costume and then kind of an ivory tip cane that you used to kind of push people around with. Something like that mm. to get off tubes would be good. The Armin, the Idi Armin, we'll call it. Uh, that's going in the list then. Q is for queuing. Lady V has tweeted us to say, Quuka taps. Quuka. Have you seen these things? Says anything that replaces C or a K with a QU to try and be edgy. She's talking about those weird taps you can get in kitchens where you go one way for cold water and then the other way for boiling hot water that you could then have a cup of tea off. Have you seen those? So is that word you're saying the brand of this tap? Quuka. Yes, Quuka. Oh my god, I've never I have seen that. I don't I would never trust it to make a cup of tea with in a million years. You wouldn't have your Barry's tea out of that, would you, Louise? Hell no. no I wanna see the kettle boil. Yeah. I wanna I wanna I want the process, but I guess maybe it's good if you've kids. I don't know. I'd say a a, a a tap that goes one way to scolding hot water is probably not good with kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though making their food and stuff like that as quick as possible. I guess you, yeah, yeah. I, the, 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 there's something in waiting for stuff, though, isn't there? Waiting for pasta yeah. to boil, waiting for the kettle to boil. It's part of life, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love that whole thing, and, and I think there's a real. Cer- and I'm not going back to tea again, but there is a real ceremony to making a cup of tea in this house. Oh yeah, and I don't want to move away from it. You Always, know, all a, roads lead back to Barry's <laughs> tea, to their Louise. With a quirk, is that what you called it? A, cu- a quirk, quirk. I can't even say. It. It's just such an annoying word. It makes your teeth come out. Quaka. Quaka. Okay. A quaka. I hate the words. That sounds like something else. I don't know. I, I, I'm not into it. I'm not into a bush. I'm gonna. I'm. It can go on the list, but I'm. I'm not pro it. That's all I'm in saying. In fact, you know, you just said that sounds like something else. There's. There's a. a mm. A lady area which could feature in this episode, and I'm not. My oh. other half, Katie, said, please don't put that forward as a suggestion. So. Let's just walk right past that other queue that everyone's got. This is the elephant in the room. I had never heard that word before I moved to London. We don't we don't use that in Ireland. And when I heard it, I was like, what does it mean? And everyone laughed. Yeah. And then I was like, seriously, what does it mean? And then they told me, and I was like, right, okay. So yeah, let's tiptoe around it. It's, it's as bad as Nuggies, and it's not going to get mentioned here. Uh, any other ones? We're running out of time here again. This this uh, podcast, once we've talked about Barry's Tea and Whisper Gold, there's hardly any time left. I know. Do you think we're chatting too much at the beginning, Bush? No, I think people love that. I think people go crazy yeah. for that stuff. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tip my cap to quizzes, uh, Q-tips. Just what a delicious feeling when you stick a Q-tip in your ear. Do you know what? Sorry, just on that, whenever I sit at this desk to do a recording, my other half, Katie, who also uses this office in our house, uh, she'll put Q-tips in her ear while she's doing her meetings, it seems, because there's always three or four of them that have been clearly used next to the actual keyboard, which is... Kind of a little bit stained. It's fairly traumatic, isn't it? I mean, I love that she's just being relaxed and like also um, multitasking while she's at work. Wouldn't want to be on a conference call with her. That's for sure. What about queen bees? Let's talk about them if we come back to Q at some point. Love a queen bee. Queen bees? Yeah. 
What, just what, like bumblebees in general? Well, the queen and the fact that she has all the babies and does all that stuff in the hive. We need to talk about that at some point on this podcast. Do you think she gets, like, the queen bee thinks that that's, she's got a good deal? Because, I mean, fair she doesn't have to do any of the work, but isn't she just being locked in a room just, like, pumping babies out, not getting a say in anything? Do you know what I mean? I think from a, from a logical point of view, you're right, but I think, you know, she's at the she's at the highest echelon in that hive, so she's she probably is. delighted with herself. We'll, we'll come back to this. Queen bees is definitely a thing. Mine says Quantum Leap, the TV show, uh, you know, aka right. Sam Beckett, the scientist who involuntarily jumps back in time, uh, and, and the brilliant, and God, God rest his soul, Dean Stockwell as Al with his little computer Ziggy. That's a good one as well. And Adam has uh, mentioned a video game that we either covered in the 80s or the 90s or the 80s, Cubert. Are you aware of Cubert, Louise? No, I'm not. What was it played on? Very basic um, BBC Electron video game where you had a little... Uh, it looks a bit like... Um, oh, man. What's his name from Monsters, Inc.? Mike, um, Mike Wazowski? It's like that, but with a great big nose, and then he jumps around on a load of little squares, and they change colour. It was, Like I said, it was a much more simple time. In terms of what time are, what, are we thinking, talking the eighties here? Are we? I had it on BBC Electron in the eighties, but he he Adam is saying it's one of the the greatest video games of all time, which I wouldn't argue with, to be honest with you. And it's another cue at the end of the day. Sounds brilliant. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, one more for me, and again we'll touch on this again if we hit cue quilts. Just having a lovely quilt in the living room while you're watching a bit of telly. I'm getting sent a weighted blanket to try out, so I've not not got any whisper golds. You've not got any Barry's tea, but I'm getting sent uh, a weighted blanket, so I'll report back on that. Right, we're nearly running out of time here. Shall we pick a stone from the Bag of Destiny, which will set us up for next week? Please. Go right to the bottom. Next week's episode... Oh, this is going to be quite tough. Things beginning with X. Oh, for God's oh, sake. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. We've really, really made a rod for him back here. So, get in touch now at Bush on the Radio on Twitter. If you've got anything to be- that begins with an X that Louise and I can talk about next week, could be a struggle. Uh, this has been the A to Z of everything with Andy Bush and Louise Maloney. It's a curious mole production produced by the brilliant Dane Smith and the music is by Revolution Void. We will see you next week. See you next week, Bush. 